0: This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The kind of chicken or the egg, is it the culture or the economy? Which came first, cultural malaise or economic malaise? Um, And that gets to the kind of primacy of one or the other. What is the most essential thing to have? Subscribe to the Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Tart Juice are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com. This is their their best offer available anywhere. That's buytarcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry gummies. Buytarcherry.com slash Dana. But one of the things I want to tell all of you is you never stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop believing in America. I want you to believe in America and continue to believe in the Constitution and believe in our elected officials most of all. Continue to pray for them because all the prayers you've given me I felt those prayers. I want to thank all my team as well, Team Herschel, because they put up with a lot. And I want to thank Team Herschel. Thank all my donors as well, because you guys, without you, I couldn't have done what I've done. So I want to thank all of you as well, because there's no excuses in life. And I'm not going to make any excuses now, because we put up one heck of a fight. And I said, that's what. That's what we got to do. I just want to point out the difference between his acceptance speech and Stacey Abrams' refusal to admit that she lost anything because she's a horrible candidate. Just want to point that out, you know, to keep it consistent. Welcome to the program. Uh, it is Wednesday, top of our very first hour here with you. Total of three hours today. Dana Lash with you. The race last night, we're going to go over some stuff. The race last night, the conclusion of this runoff race. There's some interesting stuff to note, and we're going to go over the map and what that looked like and all that stuff. But this does now irrevocably give the Senate, give Democrats in the Senate rather, the 51 seats that they need. And so what this means is that, you know, you have these different committees, etc. in the in the Senate, the, the power sharing agreement that Democrats and Republicans had you know going into all of this is now gone so it means Democrats are going to be controlling pretty much um everything at this point so there's not going to be that means that Joe Manchin and Chris uh Sinema their uh how do you say I guess influence is diminished now it's not as they're not as important as they were because they were really holding Democrats, really holding them to the line and and had really an outsized, outsized influence within the party. Now that's gone. So it's incredibly significant, this 51 seat. So the power sharing agreement, all of that is done. So this is... I mean, to get into this, there's, I mean, there's going to be a lot to change. We're going to look at some of the legislation that they're going to try to push through. And there's there's quite a bit. We've we, Yesterday, we talked a little bit about some of the immigration stuff, the uh, media thing, which I'm not on board with. It just seems, the JCPA just seems dumb to me. Uh, I'm not on board with it. We're going to get into all of that. But the, the immigration stuff, the budget, military spending, etc., I mean, I want to look at really quickly. You can look at open secrets and you can see because I want to there's a lot of people. A lot of people want to want to point fingers and all of this other stuff. And I get it. That's what you know, it's one of the things you got to do. I mean, I hope that people do it so that they can do kind of a postmortem and look and see uh, what went wrong and what they can do better. But. There's a lot of so the Bannon folks would have you believe that it's all Mitch McConnell. and The Mitch McConnell folks would have you believe that it's all the Trump folks. So what to believe? It's a bit of both. If I'm being honest, this is why I bring up open secrets. McConnell spent 57 million to help Walker, 39 million in the general, 18 million in the runoff. I'm just reading the numbers literally from OpenSecrets.org. I went to open it's opensecrets.org you can show data for the 2022 election cycle and then you can look at the candidates of that cycle and you can look per spend you can look at how much they received and break it down exactly to how much what they were given by whom and McConnell and his his Senate leadership fund spent 57 million to help Walker 39 million in the general 18 million in the runoff. Trump's total spending in Georgia was $3.7 million. in the general election and in the runoff. The total for all of it was $3.7 million. So I just want to point out, it's a bit of both. I think if you're going to get in and be kingmaker, you got to support your ma- the people you're trying to make kings. You can't just you know, do a couple rallies and then be like, okay, I'm done with it, and then not spend any of the money that you're raising. There were a hell of a lot of people. And here, the, what's crazy is that even with this, Walker still was outspent. He was still outspent by Warnock. so And uh, there were a lot of people raising a lot of money off of Walker's race. And he didn't get a lot of it. It's kind of interesting. So, in noting this, you can't, like I said, you can't just talk a good game about electing candidates. You actually have to go out and elect the candidates. And you have to, you have to spend money. You have to do all of this. These are things that you got to do. And so, In keeping with that, you know, that's that's I mean, I I don't know how else people think that you're going to win elections. Now, some of it, too, comes down to bad candidates. There's one thing that I've never denied. And even though I know that the illiterate left, you know, the people who will never come near one eighth of my success, uh, who love to drive by and love to do all this stuff. um, One of the things that they will never do is they will never be honest about their own candidates. You never heard these people at, at any point say that John Fetterman was a bad candidate. I mean, one of the first things I've ever said was that Herschel Walker was a bad candidate. But you go to war with what you got. People voted for him, did they not? Did he not receive a plurality of the votes when it came to the primary? I mean, how the hell else did he get there? Magic? Did somebody bippity-boppity-boo him in that primary? No, people went out and they cast votes. That's their right to do so. People made a determination. That's who they wanted to go with. And so that's who they went with. And... This, regardless of whether, I mean, it's kind of weird for me to sit here and say that, well, Hersher Walker wasn't the best candidate. I mean, look who he was running against. Uh, I mean, he, Raphael Warnock sits here and says that Jesus loves abortion. He blasphemes behind the pulpit. Man, I'm going to tell you what. The New Testament was quite clear about false shepherds and about people who lead the flock astray. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere near Warnock when he meets his maker. And he's up at the Pearly Gates, and they're saying, "Thou shalt not pass because of the, the, the way in which he was leading his so-called his flock astray. I would not want to be, I, man, I don't wish that up on my worst enemy." This was a guy who tried to run over his wife. He's, he's mired in domestic violence s- issues of his own. I mean, he's a, he's a horrible candidate. He was a horrible candidate. So it's really kind of hard to sit here and, and try to What, like we're supposed to pay the penance of saying that Republicans had a bad candidate? Democrats didn't put up a saint. They put up a guy who is more problematic because he literally co-sponsored a piece of legislation to make you pay for taxpayer-funded abortion on demand. I read the damn thing. All the people who were defending it did not. All the people who go on cable news... They, they host their little shows on MSNBC. Now, a not a see, damn, one of those people are literate. They have their producers that just cliff note it. And then the producers write a one sheet and they hand it to the anchors. And the anchors read off that and act like they're informed. I know because I, I was the token conservative at CNN before conservatives were there. I know exactly how this works. I've watched it happen. I have watched this happen. I've watched this clueless anchors with monitors in their ear are fed information by producers. They're, they're clueless. They're nothing more than a bunch of glorified Ron Burgundy's. And at least he could read a teleprompter better. So these people didn't read any of this. They didn't read a single damn bit of this. They didn't read nothing. And that's what he... So it's, I'm not going to sit here and pay this penance of, well, that was a problematic candidate. You know what? He was an asset compared to what Democrats were putting forward. But if some people want you to pay for th- them having an abortion because they couldn't keep their knees kissing... You know, some people just, you know, what I said is what I said. If you have to have multiple abortions, maybe the problem is your morals. Now, with this, I don't know if you've, I was, uh, let me pull up a couple things here. I was looking at the map, uh, the turnout. So, and it was a problem with, uh, I, I mean, look, Herschel Walker proved to be a problem for a lot of the voters there. It's uh it's kind of hard, to, I, and I don't believe voter fraud had anything to do with it. This map looked almost identical to the Kelly Leffler map of 2020. Uh, and looking at this, I mean it really did. Again, Republicans got to figure out the split ticket thing. And uh, this the 2021 Warnock map is almost identical to the Leffler map of uh, the special election. The Warnock Leffler map. And the Warnock-Walker map, it's almost identical. And, like, Republicans didn't do a thing to basically improve that, which is kind of crazy. There's going to be a lot of discussion over who's going to be RNC chair. And just so you know, that it is some strategy and it is some determining where the money goes. Um, I, you know, I don't have anything personally against Ronna, uh, Romney McDaniel, but, I mean, maybe I think we need new blood. I think we I mean maybe although I think she has been fairly aggressive a lot of this by the way I hope you realize that some of this and I I don't dislike everybody involved I like to stay in Dallas so I can call it as it is and I don't have to rely upon anyone so many people are jumping on this to try to elevate themselves I just want to let you know that just always be aware of this it's all a shell game just like with anything and it doesn't mean it's any more virtuous because it's Republicans against Democrats and people have an R after their name the bottom line is that people are tired of ridiculous candidates. Uh, and, I mean, if, if people want to keep losing, then keep pushing ridiculous candidates. I mean, that's just kind of it. You can complain about some of the voters who are undecided and don't know what they're doing going, like, right up into the election. I mean, you, you sure, you can have that conversation. But at the same time, the prep for this, the prep for these elections starts way out in advance. Way out in advance. So I'm looking at this. I mean, there are some areas that... There's are some areas in and around Augusta that got a little redder. You know, there's some. Uh, I mean, some some didn't change. There's, you know, it's just it's interesting how some of these areas got a little redder. Some of them got a little bluer. But otherwise, these counties in Georgia, nothing really changed. Um, I mean, I think what Fayette County, they were like 400 votes away from flipping. I mean, it's just. Um, It is. And people did turn out people voted for Democrats, despite the fact that you had Democrats out there saying, oh, well, um, you know, uh, the the Republicans were doing everything that they could to really suppress the vote. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. They are they're working really hard to suppress the vote. It's weird because there were so many people out there who didn't. Audio by 13. This is Chuck Schumer. This is what he was saying uh, after the uh, after the election, the runoff in Georgia.
1: But both in micro, what happened in Georgia, despite the efforts of Republican legislature to make it harder to vote, our people voted. People voted. Georgians voted. Hmm. They they said we're not going to let these barriers stand in our way, even if we have to wait in line in the rain.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what barriers. Georgia has had record voting. Record amounts of turnout. I mean, I'm looking at story after story record numbers record early voting uh record day of voting so no one was trying to oppress anybody i'm so tired of this this lie that they keep pushing so tired of it then you got this from al sharpton i'm just going to play it so i can make fun of al sharpton audio soundbite 17
1: i give credit to herschel for making uh, a good speech last night Seems unfortunately like he was it, it was him. the yeah. only good speech he yeah. made in the whole race. <laughs>
0: If you had to ask me to name a difference between Al Sharpton and Herschel Walker, I would say, well, maybe one of the biggest is that uh, Al Sharpton, that Herschel Walker never uh, inspired the uh, burning down of a a Freddy's Fashion Mart and never said half of the anti, never said any of the anti-Semitic stuff that Al Sharpton said. I mean, you remember that? I mean, the whole, I mean, I can't even say some of the stuff that, that he said. Yeah, it was the Freddy's Fashion Mart attack in Harlem. And a lot of people were wondering whether or not Al Sharpton and his quote-unquote white interloper slurs inspired some of this. He, I mean, I'm just going to say, and that was back when he was wearing the uh, Juicy Couture Velour track suit before Paris, Paris uh, Hilton was wearing it. Just saying. We got a lot to get into because um, Republicans got to get it together if they want to win. And they got you have to account for the split ticket stuff. You got to start account. You just got to start accounting for this. Uh, if people are going to be kingmakers, then you need to actually put the money and the time in to get these people elected, instead of holding a rally and say, you know, the day is done. So we've got that. We also have the latest with Twitter. The feds literally had someone in Twitter hiding files to hide accountability. Uh, what lockdowns have done to kids, and never let these people forget it. We got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. Our partners here, Patriot Mobile, is the only Christian conservative cell phone service in the country and if you want to keep the same old same old and you want to keep supporting the gun control and the crt then by all means sit back on your duff and don't switch your service go ahead and keep giving money to planned parenthood while you rail against it go ahead and keep giving money to crt advocacy while you sit here and lament the state of our schools and what's happening with our children's psyches at the hands of these people pushing the snake oil go ahead and don't change a single thing go ahead and keep creating jobs overseas instead of right here in the us of a because every single day that you do not switch to patriot mobile that's what you're doing every single time you use your phone, so you're actually working against yourself. Patriot Mobile creates and maintains U.S.-based jobs with their 100 percent Team, customer service and everything else right here in the U.S. of A. Actually, technically in Texas, but here in the U.S. of A, in the Republic of Texas. You can get free activation with Code Dana and a lot of other these services. They sit here and they promise you free phones, and but it's never a free phone. They just, like, lock you into a long-term contract. And Patriot Mobile is not going to do any of that. They're, gonna, they're not going to do any of that. No contract, no games, none of it. Get their performance guarantee. If you're not happy with their coverage, switch to any of the three major carriers that they will also provide for free. They have the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, affordable plans uh, for singles, families, businesses, discounts for veterans and first responders, and, one, and like I said, you're maintaining and helping to create U.S.-based jobs. So visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call their customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana at 972-PATRIOT.
1: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So, a couple of things, we're going to deep dive into this a little, uh, coming up a little bit. CDC found that 45% of high school students were so persistently sad or hopeless in 2021 that they were unable to engage in regular activities. Almost one in five seriously considered suicide. Nine percent surveyed tried to take their lives during the previous 12 months. So, great job, everyone who pushed lockdowns and wanted to basically, and wanted to sacrifice our kids so that you could, I don't know, fluff your. Hypochondria and your germophobia. I guess these people deserve no courtesy. Uh, the dropped case. This is crazy. So the Colorado. The uh, what is it? The guy who and the I don't want to say his name. The guy who went into the club in Colorado Springs who describes himself as bisexual or something or or what is it? What is it? Non-binary. Non-binary whatever the hell. He had said that uh, the case that they, they examined the case previously where he had been charged in the bomb threat, that dropped case foretold what was coming and several incidents after and yet nothing was done. Ron DeSantis joins Elon Musk as Times Person of the Year finalist and voters want Biden to release the JFK records. So do we stick with us, folks. Our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at dana 4 And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arn's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's danaforhillsdale.com
1: listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time
0: i was watching a video that showed a handful of centenarian survivors of the attack on pearl harbor 81 years ago today a day that lives in infamy and the headline that's described, it's a handful of survivors, a handful, a handful because it's all there is left, a handful. And it's really when you when you look at the significance of these touchstones throughout human history. And I think 9-11 was sort of our generation's Pearl Harbor. Because you think back, I just remember learning about Pearl Harbor in school, and my grandfather was a World War II veteran, and he was on the USS Alabama, and thinking, gosh, what was it like during those times? And it's crazy, because like, our grandkids are going to look back on 9-11 and wonder that about, about uh, us living in that period. We had the, uh, we were blessed to be able to go to Pearl Harbor a number of years ago with our kids and visit and it was one of the most unforgettable experiences ever and it's such an it's such an ironically situated place because it's in one of the most beautiful places in the world it is just beautiful stunning absolutely stunning the water the mountains the greenery just it's just beautiful the breeze and to have something so horrific happen 81 years ago, we were there and we looked over uh, I and mean, we were everywhere and we learned minute by minute what happened. Because I think in total, the full attack was a little over and it was a little over an hour. And in the end, 2335 service members and 68 civilians lost their lives that day and and that's when it was the it was that surprise raid a total of 2403 total more than 1100 people injured in the attack and it destroyed quite a bit of our our vessels and and one of the things that is fascinating I watched this documentary because it always stayed with me when we were there and looking at there's so many pictures and so much um actual physical uh, uh Things to you know, just remains of ships that were blasted that they have saved and you get to I mean, you see everything you see the USS Arizona and it always amazed me because I they were telling us about the time span that it took. It didn't take out our whole fleet, but it really it really kneecapped us. And American ingenuity and determination. We were able to just in a span of a, you know, several months get turned around and be a force out on the seas in the Pacific again. And that's that's just something that seems unheard of today, does it not? I mean it it, it just unbelievable. And it, it was just wild to stand there in Pearl Harbor and look at the ridge over which those planes first flew that that morning and just unbelievable and so they had um you know there were there were some warnings and responses there was a what the movie that was done where woody harrelson woody harrelson was in it and i was trying to remember it was uh midway that was it, it that's a, an amazing because it starts out with what happened at pearl harbor that's one of the most amazing films i've ever seen um it just, it just the whole thing—it was an unforgettable experience. And I, we never could, because my grandfather, as I said, he was on USS Alabama, but for some reason, he ended up on the USS Missouri when the instrument of surrender was signed by the Japanese delegation. MacArthur was there. When you go on the USS Missouri today, there is a marker on the deck showing where everyone stood and where the surrender was signed. And it was odd that, to me, we never understood it, and we learned, you know, about this when my grandfather was receiving treatment uh, at the VA. He happened to have been on the USS Missouri when that was signed, and that was something that we had a family member was able to confirm, but we could never figure out why. And his reasoning... Which his brother contradicted. His reasoning was that, oh, it's maybe it's because I was from Missouri and this was a newer ship and they wanted, you know, someone from Missouri on it. Maybe, I don't know. But actually, as it turned out, one of the things that his brother said was that, no, it's because he's six. He's 6'4". Six and I've never been able to confirm, you know, the the report, but it has been said with all these, with all the veterans who were there and some people who were within, who are in military who had who had knowledge of what was going on, when they were planning the, for the, to receive the Japanese delegation, they wanted the tallest sailors lining up and on the deck when the delegation came aboard as an intimidation tactic, which is brilliant, actually. And what my great-uncle said, that was the reason that he was on the deck, because he's 6'4", tall lanky i mean he was huge six four i mean i think is he's pushing so i think it was a little beyond that he was tall he was always tall and lean and that's why which is i mean i can't i've never been able to confirm it but it's just i find it fascinating it's just a little bit you know fascinating history but when we took our kids to visit it was just stunning the weight of all of that you kind of you're humbled by how small the world can be while it simultaneously seems so big And History is just so immense Because my kids were running around on the deck Of the USS Missouri Taking pictures of the guns and everything And All these years prior All these years before my grandfather had Stood on that deck it's just wild Just wild how that How that unfolds So 81 years ago Today Day that lives in infamy But it's a day that it's often said that the giant Was awakened and the United States responded. I was looking, and I was looking in my notes, uh, how long after Pearl Harbor that the, because uh, there were so many things, that I mean, there was so, many, so much of our fleet was hit. They said that within three months, it was USS, because uh, we, we, we had to save the U.S. fleet. And, that, and it took, like, several weeks after, to clean up, to salvage crews, to, to get everything ready, to get everything cleaned up. Um, and apparently, Yamamoto could not have ever, they never realized how quickly, how, the, how determined the United States was. Uh, in fact, only six months after Pearl Harbor, we dealt a huge blow to Yamamoto's Navy, and that was at Midway. Midway was only six months after Pearl Harbor. If you've not seen that film, my gosh, you need to see it, because that's how it sets it up. Part, I mean, a huge part of that story is, oh my gosh, it's after Pearl Harbor. How are we going to come back from this? You know, the, the, our, our service members, they are, their spirits have sunk. How are we going to, how are we going to do this? And it was that determination and that anger, uh, that really, really fueled this. And I mean, it was uh, six months. Six months. Just, just unbelievable. But yeah, it, uh, and that was one of the big, uh, it was the big decisive blow. It was apparently, it's considered one of the most, that Midway film is considered one of the most realistic about naval combat ever made. I'm saying it's just just something else. But it's the one, Aaron Eckhart's in it, Woody Harrelson's in it. Uh, it was done in 2019. And uh, you, if you haven't seen it, you need to because it starts off with that. It starts off with, and um, Harrelson plays Nimitz. And there's a pivotal scene and it's right after Pearl Harbor and they're there in Honolulu and Nimitz had just arrived and some of the, uh, some of the service members are saying, are yelling as Nimitz passes, are we going to get him? And that was considered, you know, you can't, don't be yelling at your superiors like that. And one of the, one of Nimitz's subordinates in the film had said, uh, you know, should we do something about it? Nimitz was like, no, let him have it. We need to use it. And within six months, within six months, just amazing. Can we do that today, though? I mean, think about this. Think about how quickly we turned everything around. I was looking at just the timeline of some of the of of, of how quickly some of these ships were turned around. I it's just stunning to me, stunning. I mean, it, what is it? We had um, at least three ships within three months. I think they had turned back around and able to uh, able to get back out on the sea. Just I mean, I'm speechless, but this, um, that timeline, it just makes me wonder, would we be able to do that today? It's kind of depressing to think about. Would we be able to do that today? I mean, just look at how we're dealing with, I mean, we locked down a nation. We locked everything down. We destroyed our economy. brings me to this story here. What about the kids? I touched on it in headlines. I said we were going to come back to it. This is just something I would never have envisioned. 45% of high school students are so sad or hopeless persistently that in 2021 they were unable to engage in regular activities. And they said almost one in five had seriously considered suicide. 9% tried to take their lives during the previous 12 months. Hmm. <sighs> because it's i mean this is not a surprise there was a piece that came out uh, a year ago talking about the last year what the pandemic costs teenagers one of the saddest things i've ever seen is the comments on this thread on social media where they say one woman said uh, my son took his life in on june of 2021 uh, it's just uh, craziness just that's what we did in response. this is what we did in response to a lockdown. I, just, I what, basically what I'm looking at is I'm questioning our resilience. I'm que- that's what every time when, when Pearl Harbor comes around, even 9 /11, the remembrance of 9 /11, I question our resilience. Are we even able to, to, to have unity? in the face of such tragedy anymore? Or is everything so divided? I watched earlier, I watched the a woman whose group, uh, she gave an interview with Harris Faulkner. She was the woman whose uh, Christian group was the one that was run out of the restaurant like two hours before. They purposefully waited until the last minute to try to ruin that group's get-together. And the restaurant, that Metzger Butchery ba- Bakery and Butch- Butcher and Bakery, they canceled it at the last minute two hours before just because they didn't like the fact that they were Christian. I mean, you know, apparently they didn't. I'm sure that they looked them up when they booked it because they sound like the type of people to do that and then made the determination that they were going to wait till the last minute and then drop that bomb on them. Really, you can't even. And, and the group that she represents is actually, can I just be honest, it's kind of a milk toast group. They're not any of the ones that you see like on cable news or anything like that. They're just a Christian organization. But apparently you can't even be Christian. That's considered divisive because if you do not jettison your beliefs and adopt the status quo of secularism, then, you know, you got to be then it's fair game to discriminate against you. I mean, can we just people get upset over damn pancake boxes, pancake syrups. They get upset over butter, as Cain said, butter. You honestly think people who get all butthurt over butter are going to be able to have a response like after what happened with Pearl Harbor or even 9-11? Isn't <laughs> that so sad? We have uh, more coming up, including the, that Trump organization, the conviction for tax fraud. We're going to talk about that for a minute. You guys know I believe that taxation is theft. Also, local media news jackals descended on the Cruz family last night. I'm not going to get into what happened, but I do think some people need to get told who work in local media in Texas. So we're going to discuss that on the way. Uh, So we got a lot, including Canada's euthanization obsession. This is one of the saddest things I've ever read about. I I didn't want to bring it up on air yesterday just because we had so many other heavy stories. But dang, this is it's one of the saddest things I've I've ever read. Uh, We'll get into some of that here. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. buytartcherry.com Dana.
1: Red Meat, Black Coffee, Truth Telling, The Dana Show.
0: Make sure you go and sign up for the newsletter at Chapter and Verse. It's Substack, and uh, we we put out a lot of stuff there. I have a couple of stories that are still in the queue. One of the things I saw last night, our prayers were up for the Cruz family. Uh, they had a family emergency, and then local media descended, and they decided it would be smart to report that it was his 14-year-old daughter that had an issue. And I just, I don't want to get into it because I'm not going to add to it. But I just thought, you know what, it's, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your political affiliation is. This obsession with with people, particularly the left, of trying to make national stories out of minor children as a way to settle scores with their adult parents is one of the most asinine, un-American, ridiculous things I've ever seen. I mean, can you imagine, You're you're a teenager and all this stuff is... Is out there. I mean, it's just, there's no reason for it. And it did, I didn't like it when people went after, and people really didn't go after the Obama girls. They did go after the Bush twins. I remember that. And because I was in, I was a little, I think I'm a little bit older than the Bush twins, but they went after, they were at college parties, and oh my gosh, they, that was, you know, headline news. It shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be either with the Obama kids, it shouldn't be with, People were trying to make the comparison, though, that whatever was happening with Cruz was um, tit for tat because of Paul Pelosi. I mean, are you serious? You're gonna compare a minor child to a grown ass man who was in his underwear and something was going on, whether it was hanky panky or what, nobody knows. But who who, you know, he and his wife made bank off of her being in Congress. That's a completely different situation, full stop. Or trying to compare it to 50-something-year-old Hunter Biden who merched out the VP office to make millions for his family. Do not even, with these asinine comparisons. They're not even remotely the same thing. You never the the minor kids are off the table period unless you're an adult and you're campaigning with your parents and you're speaking at their engagements and you're earning money for their family using their connections then no we got a lot more on the way second hour of the show the feds were actually working in twitter trying to hide information from you on all of the progressives and twitter's wrongdoings we're going to talk about that coming up stay with us And as for the penalties in the state of Colorado, there isn't a death penalty. So the suspect is looking at a possible life. Today, the suspect was in a yellow jumpsuit and significantly less bruised than when we saw them in their last court appearance after two people charged them and prevented them from doing even more damage, hurting even more people. Vicki Harris. I think if you are a murderer, you don't get to play fairy tale fantasy with your pronouns. Welcome back to the program. Top of the second hour here, 81 years on from Pearl Harbor. The whole thing um, with that reporter and that piece, she was talking about the guy who killed people at that club in Colorado and all anybody could pay attention to was how awkward it was for her when she was stumbling over how to properly use the how do I use the they them pronouns they they them it sounded so ridiculous and I mean remember it was all supposed to be conservative's fault then it turned up to be it turned out to be this guy who identifies as as what is he non-binary isn't saying that you're non-binary though It, it is binary so that doesn't make sense. Doesn't, doesn't really make sense. That's one of the things. That's Yeah, that's one of I mean, if you, like, read any of the reporting on it, the grammar sounds atrocious because of this. Stop it. Stop. Just don't make the English language another casualty the, this, the, for this guy. Good grief. So, a number of things. We had the election, the runoff last night. And... Um, Man, it is, eh, eh, it's going to be, it, it's, it's a rough thing. Let's be real. It's a rough thing. And that's because you now have, as I was writing about this last night, uh, if you get the newsletter over at uh, Substack, Chapter and Verse, it's because now it's a 51-49 in the Senate. And that means Democrats don't have to do the, the power sharing anymore. And there's going to be, that's, there's, there's a there's a big a big change there i mean walker could not he couldn't get to 50 percent either in the last election or in this runoff election he wasn't able to get to 50 there either and in all of these other i'm i'm looking at some of this here because uh, georgia wasn't that republicans struggled in georgia it was that Herschel walker struggled in georgia That was the issue. Herschel Walker struggled. Brian Kemp had no problem as governor. And some of these other downrace candidates had no problem. The Secretary of State had no problem over their challenger. Neither did the lieutenant governor or the AG. They won millions of votes in every single one of their elections. And Walker only got, I mean, he only got like 1.9, I think, on the same ballot under the the November election. And then in this runoff, 1.7. And that means there, are, again, it goes back to split ticket. There were a number of people who turned out in Georgia who just did not want to vote for Herschel Walker. That's not fraud. That's people who did not like him as a candidate. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things to to point out here. First off, the selection of candidates. Because in the primary, Now, here's where I'm going to take issue. Yes, he did win a plurality of the votes in the primary, but here's where I'm going to, here's the double edged sword of this argument. The primary voters are your most active people, right? Aren't the primary voters, if you are going to go out and vote in the primary, would you not argue that those people are more tuned in? They're watching probably more cable news. They're reading probably more political editorials. They're more likely to be political on social media than just the people who only go out for general? Agreed. So therein is the problem. They are going to be incredibly graceful in overlooking any kind of negative that a candidate may have. More so than the general voters would be. And they will take a a candidate, a poorly selected candidate by the party. I think that the party selects candidates and I think the voters also work in, in order to make that determination. But I also think that we give too much power to who the party picks, to be honest with you. I mean, I get it. It is a selection process within the party and how everything works. But there were just there were people who just didn't want to vote for him. Just like there were people in Arizona who didn't want to vote for Carrie Lake. And there were people in Pennsylvania who do not want to vote for who did not want to vote for Dr. Oz. I, the, and because you had Republicans in those states that performed better than those candidates. And there is a reason for that. They did not like those candidates. The voters did not. Here's one thing that you cannot do. And I will say that this is, you know, I, I, and we got to be honest about this without, I'm really tired of, of, of party players on K Street trying to preserve their power adjacency. By saying that if you don't support the candidate that gives them that power adjacency, then you are somehow unfit to be conservative or unfit to be Republican or unfit to be limited government. I mean, that is so antithetical to the spirit of this creation of this republic. I could spit. But that's what a lot of people are doing. And they try to chill discussion within the right. By acting as though whether or not you entirely a thousand percent agree and adopt like the left This is a leftist tactic I mean the left does this if you don't agree with their person a thousand percent Then you are betraying your side Their side and that's how some of these people on the right and these are the grifters who were irrelevant for so long Now they had a touch of power and they're trying to, you know, stick with it. I mean, I think they're anchors. I honestly think some of these people are huge anchors on Trump. I know them. So I actually know this. I've seen this in my years of being at an activist in the street and then going and raising hell in D.C. when I because I try to stay out of D.C. But I will go there to raise some cane. Not you, Kane. Sorry. But this There are people who will say that you can't even criticize some of these primary moves or some of what happened in this last election because uh, then you're you're betraying uh, your party leader. Well, that's not true. And there's no allegiance to a party leader. There's allegiance to the country. Here's what we I think there are people who have convinced him that personal loyalty is more important than electability. Now, we that's something you do no matter where you are. You have to acknowledge this. That celebrity and personal loyalty are more important than electability. And I think they've also convinced him that celebrity means electability. And it doesn't. This is one of the biggest lessons that I think some people can learn. Particularly those people that are trying to influence Trump and his orbit. Celebrity does not equal electability. As evidenced by Oz and Walker and some of these other candidates. It does not equal electability. And by the way, this is not a Trump phenomenon. I want to make that very clear. This has been around for a long time. This idea that some, because someone's famous, they can be electable. That they have more of electability. I mean, this goes back to even before Reagan. But it's, you have to be so much more than just being a celebrity in order to win office. So I, I, I don't want people to think that this is like a Trump-created phenomenon. It's not. I mean, this... What is it? They had um, there was a piece I was reading about George Murphy winning a Senate seat in California in 1964. And that was like one of the really uh, like big, you know, celebrity equals electability kind of arguments that people were making for voters. Now, it does. Celebrity is important when it comes to, you know, name recognition. Sure. But I think how well someone is known and They're savvy on issues are two obviously entirely different things. And in some of these, a friend of mine had been tweeting out and said that uh, you can't be a populist outsider and focused on the issues that voters are not focusing on, which is true. Voters were not focused on complaints this election cycle. Voters wanted solutions. I had said before that we Republicans needed to articulate more responses to those solutions. And if you want to broadly appeal to voters, that also doesn't mean that you get a moderate in the seat either. It just means that you're you'd be smarter on how you're. How you're running your race. That's what that's what it means. So I think that there's going to be there has to be some some tough decisions with this. This is the first midterm since 1934 um, when I was looking at this that the, the party that is in power, the incumbent party, defended successfully every Senate seat. That's pretty significant. Now, a few things here. We were discussing the situ. We were talking about Trump. A jury found the Trump organization guilty of tax fraud and levied a $1.6 million fine. So let me rephrase this. The, after how many years of investigation? 10 years all they got is some uh entities in the trump organization umbrella according to the new york times they got some of their top executives got perks that they deducted from their paychecks and that's kind of taxation stuff by the way um and they evaded a stiff penalty they evaded a penalty on taxable income and so that was it trump wasn't implicated in it and it's a, just a $1.6 million fine. So after a decade of investigation, that's what we got, right? That's what we got. That's all it was? Because I think taxation's theft. So any kind of tax-related charges, I, have, I don't have enough middle fingers for. You're not going to convince me anything on that. So, really, that's it? That's it. I mean, I was expecting, like, man, they were going to find Jimmy Hoffa or something. I was waiting for it. You know, you keep hearing all this stuff about the JFK file. I thought for sure maybe Trump had something to do with that. I was just waiting. Because, I mean, 10 years of in v- investigating, right? They were saying that this case is, what is this? Let me, let me bring the, read this statement. Hold up. This is, uh, was this AP? I want to make sure you get this right. Uh, this is one of the prosecutors. The case is about Alan Weisselberg committing tax fraud on his personal tax returns. And they kept, trying to, they kept trying to name check Trump, but he wasn't, even if he was, taxation's theft. You either believe it or you don't. Right. Oh, yeah. Am I supposed to be upset, man? I'm going to tell you something. One of the funniest things I've ever heard was Dave Chappelle when he did that SNL open and he goes out there and he's like he goes. One of the things they said about Trump was that I we can't play it free because he drops some bombs and I, we cannot get it cleaned up that much. Um, but he's like, you know, one of the, the they accused him of uh, not paying taxes. And he's like, I'm just using. That makes me smart. Yeah. He's like, that makes me smart. And Chappelle's like, what? And it was, the reaction was hysterical. He's like, that makes me smart. And I'm just using the same tools that you use for your friends. Your yeah. And it just, he's like, he comes out of the house and says, everything you think that we are doing inside, we are doing. And then goes back inside and keeps doing it. It's true. So I, I just, to me, I just have a difficulty and, you know. I just have a difficulty in being, oh, it was tax situation. Oh, Because I think it's all theft. It's all forcible theft. And we just, you never get to own your own property. And you have to always pay out your, your you, you. it's a, a racket. It's a. I mean, at least the mafia is honest about what it does. That's the difference between the mafia and the IRS, right? The IRS is, is sanctioned, whereas the mafia isn't. That's what it is. That's the difference. So don't sit here and act like that institution is in any way reputable. Just because they got the good old winky wink from Uncle Sam there. Huh, no. So, yeah, that was all we got. That was it. I mean, I, where are the goodies? I was waiting for some goodies. Welcome to the goodie room. I didn't get no goodies. Where are they at?
1: <laughs> this was their big gotcha moment. And the thing is, they're going to do like this, like they did everything from the Russia collusion to, you know, now the J6 stuff, where they would much rather have this negative narrative in the media this is so lame. tell you the truth.
0: Like I was at least expecting like Trump hid Sasquatch or something. Or like, you know, the Malians at Area 51, he kidnapped them and they work at Trump Tower. Like something. I was waiting for something. Now, coming up, the feds legit had, and he wasn't just a fed, he was like one of the feds, okay? He was FBI, general counsel, working with Twitter, hiding everything that Twitter was doing to target conservatives until he was caught and fired yesterday by Elon Musk so we're going to talk about this coming up because you knew I'm telling you there's more found in that than ever in the Trump investigation I just want to put that out there this week on the Federalist Radio Hour the kind of chicken or the egg? Is it the culture or the economy? Which came first, cultural malaise or economic malaise? Um, and that gets to the kind of primacy of one or the other. What is the most essential thing to have? A healthy culture, a healthy economy? And of course, we know that they sort of go hand in hand, but uh, obviously the ideal is to have a healthy culture and a healthy economy. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So, a quick note: apparently, on the uh, vaccine requirement for troops in the NDAA, it is out. And that's according to the House Judiciary GOP yesterday evening at around eight thirty Central Time. So whether or not the what that means for exemptions, so that 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 means it's all that that will be cleared out when when finalized. So interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, also, a couple of other things here. A top executive at SBF's crypto trading firm also gave millions to Democrats. What? Yeah, former uh, director of engineering Nishad Singh donated millions to Democrats and affiliated organizations. 13 million, to be precise. Uh, and one, he donated 1 million to a pro-Biden super PAC, Future Forward, in 2020, according to CNBC, 8 million on different Democratic campaigns in the 22 election cycle. And that's according to Open Secrets. Hmm. Uh, this is interesting. So this is a story. And we've got, in New Zealand, a mother demanded unvaccinated blood. Uh, Her child needed a surgery and they demanded unvaccinated blood. And now New Zealand wants to actually take custody of the child. It's like, who owns the baby? Like the parents or the state? Like whose child is that? You know, stick with us. We have a lot more in store Twitter and the FBI coming up.
1: Shooting down woke culture. One crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana show. Today, TSMC has announced a second major investment we will construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, three nano chips. The three nano chip. Chips and the three nano. And you know what I'm saying.
0: No one knows. That. No one actually. Can we just like karaoke Duran Duran? Um, because I would just, instead of talking about Joe Biden and his nano chips, which I'm surprised. There's so didn't.
1: many Duran Duran songs that do. That. I mean, in the oh 80s, they gosh. were like my jam. They
0: like were that. the band. I mean, nothing. Nothing touches that eighty sound. Oh my gosh, oh, so amazing! Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here, bottom of our second hour. Nanner chips. Now we got to talk about this old old fogey. Uh got my nanner. It, why does he? Okay, have you noticed one of the things that he does? And I don't know why he does this, but every time he gets up to the microphone and he holds it, and he's just—he's like an NPC. But then he squints. He just squints for no reason. Like there's nothing in... What is, I don't... I think there's a reason. But why? Like he's not looking at anything in front of him.
1: I think it could be bowel issues. That's what it looks like to me. Like he's constipated a little bit.
0: Golly. But
1: he does. He puts that microphone right on his chin and he just sort of keeps it there while he yaps.
0: Sir, put it away from your... He is...
1: But you know what he meant, right? Three, three nanos?
0: Three nanos. Three naners. I'm surprised he actually didn't say that. That's, that's, boy, guys, since you have all the confidence in the world, they're going to build chips, three nana chips, three nana chip. Well, my nana had chips. I'm surprised he honestly didn't do that. I really am. <laughs> Welcome back to the, to the program. Okay, so let's have the let's have this little conversation, shall we? Mm, yes. So, mm, little interesting little tidbits here. How fascinating is it? This is me being totally... I, I just... I, I think you can have a little schadenfreude. You had the top attorney with Twitter, former, who was gen counsel with FBI. He was the guy who literally was taking dirt from Hillary Clinton's campaign. He was working for the FBI and Hillary Clinton's campaign as an operative. I'm sure that there's no conflict of interest uh, there. Are you? You sure? It's a d different. And passing it on to people, he was the guy who was pushing that whole Russia's Alpha Bank as a secret online portal to Trump. He was there at the whole the whole Twitter file thing, an FBI official, top FBI official who was there he was had his hands in Russia gate he was an operative for Hillary Clinton's campaign he was embedded in Twitter and he was going over all of the Twitter files without telling Elon Musk taking out anything that would incriminate the left before giving it to Barry Weiss or Matt Taibbi wow now, it wasn't until after the files were made public that James Baker was then fired by Musk, although people were talking about James Baker on Twitter for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody, people knew that Baker, that Baker was um, not only involved with Hillary Clinton's campaign, because he was long known as a friend, but... Also, with the FBI, and that he was one of those people pushing the Alpha Bank stuff, and then he moved on to Twitter. But I think a lot of things were happening in Musk's world so quickly that it was, I mean, that's what I at least think that it was, things were happening so quickly that it maybe he, it wasn't in the forefront of his mind. But oh my gosh, that's, that's, that's pretty significant there. And so this, um, I mean, I can't, you cannot make this up. You cannot make this up. This is unbelievable. The fact that this guy, James Baker, was there reviewing everything before they were releasing it. And Barry Weiss, she said her jaw hit the floor Sunday when they found this out. When they, rea- or not when they found it out, when they realized fully what was exactly happening. That he was going over everything, trying to hide any impropriety before handing the files over. So that goes to show you right there, they was doing something they wasn't supposed to be doing, Kane. Oh, yeah. They was doing something. They were, they were involved in some shadiness. I just, I'm, wow. So they are, they, and so what it does is it's a complete and total admission. Any idea that this was, the presence of James Baker in all of this completely neutralizes The defense that the left had that it's a private company, it wasn't. No, they were literally working with the feds, acting as agents of state. Stop, full stop. There is zero defense on this. Kane and I were talking on break because now he has immersed himself in tinfoilery, whereas I've adopted just the hat. He w- used to just previously wear the hat. Now, no, I think you're going to wrap yourself up in it. Hazmat I'm getting suit you more foil. foil for Christmas.
1: My hazmat foil suit. Mm-hmm. Got it.
0: Because he's like, imagine where else they are.
1: Oh, my gosh. Look at what we've discovered. No, I as know. As far as but... with the FBI just this year. Just this year, 2022.
0: I, uh, so I have a thought. I'm not okay with any of it. But I kind of always felt that way, I think. You know? This is why I make sure to say. So you just blank. accepted? No, 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 Big no I'm not accepting anything. This is why I make sure to say blank the CIA and FBI right by my phone multiple times a day. I mean, so- I won't get the Alexa or the, any of the other things, the spyware that, you know, hi, spyware. Can you hand me a recipe for this for dinner? Hi, spyware. Can I have, I don't do that, but I realize that your phone, you know, to an extent is that already. Right. So that's why I make sure to insult those agencies repeatedly throughout the day.
1: Imagine being the guy with the headphones on that hears you badmouth them.
0: Oh my gosh. Secretly. And I get right up. I get right up to it.
1: And they get all salty. I get
0: right up to it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I just, you know, makes me feel better. And, and, and it gets enjoyable for me, it makes me feel better. Just as long as you know that the little devices that you have are little devils, you know, and you recognize that. I'm not saying that I'm okay with it. I would at this point, though, I have such a deficit of trust in any of these agencies. If you are not mentioned in Article 1, Section 8, I don't trust you and I don't have to. It is not it should not be considered unusual to not trust something that's not in Article 1, Section 8. NEA, I'm sorry. I don't trust you. IRS, I'm sorry. I don't trust you. I'm not sorry. Things like that. Where else do you think they are? They're watching us right now. And just in case, just in case there was any mistake, CIA. You're
1: really just flirting case. with. FCC violations. I am
0: not flirting with you anything, really sir. By the you way, really is the FCC are. in the Article One, Section Eight?
1: Ooh, I don't know. There's probably some infiltrating into the FCC too.
0: Mm. I wouldn't
1: be. I wouldn't be surprised to find that out.
0: Mm. hmm Just saying.
1: You're kind of making fun of me, aren't you?
0: No, I'm not. You kind I of are. I am not scared of it, though. I just get angry.
1: I'm not. It's not, not that I'm scared way. of it. It's just that. How dare they? Like that's my thing.
0: I don't know what else we can do as Americans except grow an additional middle finger.
1: Right. At this point. Next to the existing middle finger?
0: Uh, That's already up for other people. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's already claimed. I mean, I guess it could be like a one for all, but I feel as though this is such a special offense that it deserves its own digit.
1: Remember the finger puppet that was the middle finger and you put the finger puppet on all your fingers and it was five middle fingers on your hand? (laughs) That... That's yeah. that should be that's what we need to do.
0: My favorite thing to do as a kid was the where is something where because it was a total I could totally get away with putting that guy up. It's, I but think about it, though, if they're in Twitter, how lame is government? <laughs> oh, my gosh, we got to get involved with what people are saying on the Internet. Yeah. That's so lame. I just want the some of these people on the left are a bunch of dorks. You're that upset. You're that sensitive about something. Someone's got an opinion that's not like yours. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to go control Twitter.
1: I guarantee you the FBI, CIA, NSA, whatever, they have accounts, anonymous accounts. Oh, I'm sure they do. On Twitter. They're monitoring everything. That That's not government's role. That isn't government's role. Do you ever role. meet people and, and then,
0: go, are you a psyop? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I would say in the last five years I've evolved from the tinfoil hat to the tinfoil hazmat Mm -hmm. suit. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at now.
0: I just, I mean, I'm, it's weird. Like I, I don't know. I just get real.
1: The difference between conspiracy theories and truth is now about.
0: But this isn't a conspiracy theory. That's the other thing.
1: Now it's about four months.
0: Yeah. I mean, they admitted, they've admitted this. You you had the guy who was with the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency at the director at the National Intelligence Department, it's Department of Homeland Security. They admitted that they were colluding with big tech. You had Jen Psaki get out there above, uh, in front of the uh, podium. Oh, yeah, we asked them. Uh, uh, there were some posts that were offensive to us, and we wanted them to be taken down. They admit all this stuff, and now you have one of the big, the general counsel with the FBI who was working at Twitter, combing over tweets. Did you see some of the... I mean, going after James Woods. You go, you went after James Woods? You went after him? Really? Oh, because he had wrong think. I didn't like his opinions. Seriously? You know, all of this happens because people don't get their ass beat enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> just be real. You know, stop it. And just, my
1: question <laughs> is, how many documents were destroyed before it was delivered That's to bodywives? That's the body other. Wise. And what were they? Exactly. We don't even know. This
0: there is, was some big bad stuff, you know. There were some things that were. This guy was mm. former
1: FBI general counsel. It's like, come on.
0: How do you even go through that much? Like, it had to. It couldn't have been just him going through it. He had to have help. Who were all those people? Find them and ruin their lives. Who were they? See now, now hold up. I do have my limits in opposition of rage mobs. Let's just make this very clear. I do. There are some instances in where I totally support it, where it concerns government transgressions. I wholly support and I encourage you to do also. I feel like Lucy Liu and Kill Bill. <laughs> you know, like, and please always question my line of strategy. But I, I do feel that there are some exceptions with this whole thing. When the government has, has egregiously committed an offense against the public, I'm okay with the tarring and feathering. I'm okay with that. That's when I'm okay with the rage mob. That's when I'm all right. Because that's, Really the reason why it exists Is for that That's That's, Yeah that's justice And you know that's like um, Some tea party in the harbor justice Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this is just It is really unbelievable To me To see what they think deserves Attention and what doesn't Like the FTX stuff that guy Billions upon billions (laughs) Meh But oh my gosh your $600 Venmo payment That's the other thing they're the FBI is combing through all of this. They're doing all of this. You have all the billions with FTX. The billions go to Ukraine. I had where, where's this thing out here? I had this later on down the thing, but I'm going to do it now. But and and uh, the IRS stated that oh, but you got to report your Venmo payments over six hundred dollars. But then the Defense Department failed their fifth audit. They can't account for like what sixty something percent of assets. But your Venmo payments though. Oh, you sold, your guitar on, uh, you sold your guitar and you got a PayPal or Venmo payment? Can we see those receipts? Really? You know what makes me sad is that everything is so tribal. And I understand why the government pushes for it. Where's, the, where's some common ground that we all could have? Things like this. We don't have any representation for our taxation. Yet we're so tribal. Maybe 20 years ago, we could have all gotten together and raged and said, yeah, we don't really feel like we're going to do this. You're not honoring us with proper representation and stewardship. So why should we pay this? Why should we do this? Why should we do that? There would be a lot of unity there. But that's one of the reasons why the government pushes tribalism. That's one of the reasons why we can't find common ground anywhere, because we would be such a mighty force if totally united. And they can't have that. So they drive this they drive people into their different silos. That's all. It's all to, to to as a defense mechanism, so that they can protect their maneuvers. That's what it's all about. Oh, also, really quickly, uh, the CIA. <laughs> We've got more to come. come we got on. Florida man on the way. Come on. Yeah, come on. yeah. Oh my gosh! Please let it. Oh, thank heavens, it's Caltech. I was like, please don't let it be like Patriot Mobile talking about Jesus in the Christmas season. I mean, while I love that, I mean, you know. It's really hard to segue into telling off your intelligence agencies on your cell phone and then talking about that. Thus is my job. But the folks at Caltech are like, yeah! It's his
1: life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man.
0: (laughs) We were so busy talking, I totally didn't even know Florida Man's coming up. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. We were talking about the difference between Uh, Wild hog and domesticated hog meat. Uh, Anyway, I know you're welcome. Uh, So this is actually so cool. Can you, uh, a Florida beach, well, okay, the erosion's not, but Florida beach erosion, it happens sometimes. It uncovers a wooden ship from the 1800s. Daytona beach shores, severe beach erosion from late two season hurricanes. They think it's a wooden ship. It's dated from the 1800s. That's their, their, the most official, I think measure right now. And it's been buried for up to two centuries, impervious to everything. I mean, people been on that beach above it, sand castles, everything else. So they're they're now trying to figure out how to best excavate it. They said you have to go very very carefully, uh, and uh, they said it. They're convinced it's a shipwreck because of how it was constructed and the materials, iron bolts, all kinds of stuff. They said it's not unusual for stuff like this to wash up or to be uncovered, particularly after major storms. But man, they said that. Um, they, they said if the hole is in, is in the dark and wet, it's going to last for hundreds of years. It's actually really, really, really cool. Uh, also, a Florida man says uh, a shadow in the road caused him to crash into a house. What? Uh, a Florida man reportedly crashed into a house after he saw a shadow in the road. It was Sunday morning. He attempted to hide from deputies. That's never a good sign. Authorities said they arrived at the home on Palm Coast. They were told by w- a witness of the crash that the driver identified as an 18-year-old, Aiden Maldano. Uh, had run away from the area after slamming the truck into the house. He was found a short time later. He totally smelled like liquor, but he said it was the shadow, not the alcohol. That's why he swerved off the road. Sure, remind me to tell you of the time that I swerved to hit a deer to miss a deer in my Geo Metro, which was a roller skate that went a top sixty mph, and um, I thought it was going to blow up, but it didn't. Remind me; I'll t- I'll share that story with everybody when we come back third hour. You're going to want to keep it in your files to make fun of me on social media later. And I'll give you this a freebie in the spirit of Christmas. Stick with us. Th- hour three on the way.
1: Situation reminds me a little bit of the situation big tech companies have found themselves in in recent years. They've come to Washington because they fear regulation from our Democratic friends or action by the Biden administration. And they expect Republicans who are traditionally more supportive of free enterprise to come to their defense and I've cautioned them for years that if they silence uh, conservatives and center-right uh, voters across the country, if they discriminate against them in their company, they probably shouldn't come and ask Republican senators to carry the water for them whenever our Democratic friends want to regulate them or block their mergers. So I- I've heard a lot, a lot of questioning about that today, and I've read a lot about it in the news. Um, and I'll say this. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Best of luck. Oh,
0: oh! I wish I could play all the gifts right now of people going, oh! Welcome back to the show, top of our third hour. That was Tom Cotton, who, now this video was just, like, really starting to make the rounds, but this is back from November 29th. He was, he basically was politely, very civilly, telling off Kroger CEO Rodney McMullen on, uh really about wokery because there so there was a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing and there was this about the proposed merger between Kroger and Albertsons, the two grocery chains, and how companies should not inject themselves into cultural issues and then ask conservatives from help for help later on. And this was after Kroger had fired employees in Arkansas a couple of years ago because they did not want to wear the pride flag stuff on their aprons. And Kroger kept telling them, I mean, basically that, that they had to. And, and um, the chain had to pay $180,000 to settle the suit after. And it's like a, what, a 24, almost $25 billion deal. And so they... I mean, what Cotton said is correct because Democrats did not support what Kroger wants to do, and Cotton was like, "Well, you're coming to us for help, but this is how you've been treating people who think differently from you. So, why? You know, best of luck." Dang, it's you know, it's that uh, that that karma though, man. I'm just saying, them's the rules. I I don't know, just um. Yeah, they were lobbying the administration. They were lobbying Congress over this. And they had this, it was the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Competition Policy, blah, blah, blah. And they were discussing this merger. And this was, that's, you know, it was, and, and also there was an exchange with Senator Josh Hawley as well. Kane reminds me. Mm-hmm. If you have that, uh, let's, let's, I just want to hear some of it. want hear a little bitty bit. Yeah. So, hmm. Cotton also, they had an allyship guide, by the way, and they said Kroger told people don't use the the term sir and man because they're not inclusive. I just wanted to throw that out there in case you wanted to know how woke. And we do not make judgments on anybody in terms of any of their personal beliefs uh, and do not think that's appropriate either. (laughs) So that includes people of
1: faith, I think is what you're saying. It includes everything. So have, has your company ever fired an employee or disciplined an employee for their religious police? Um, not that I'm aware of. Oh. Well, that's interesting because Senator Cotton just read at, at some length into the record an EEOC lawsuit. That's a government lawsuit, which your company just settled after an adverse ruling by a federal district court in which you apparently took disciplinary action to the extent of firing employees in Arkansas based on their religious beliefs. Do you think that's workplace inclusion? Well, I, as I told Senator Cotton, I, I personally am not aware of the details How of that. How is that possible? You're being sued by the federal government. You've settled a suit and you don't know about it? Uh, no, I do not always know about it. Well, that's, ex- that's extraordinary. Woo!
0: Woo! Uh, wow, that was great. I liked that back and forth. I appreciated that. It's true though. Yeah, they had the that sir and ma'am because they're not inclusive. I got I got I got a, a an idea for a substitute for that. <laughs> you, you want my suggestion for it? I can guess. No, I mean I. You don't want to be called sir, ma'am. You want to know what I think? You, I mean, you know what could be? You could just be called uh, just that. What?
1: You're in rare form today.
0: I didn't do anything. So I just I'm said, sorry. hey, just all I said.
1: I know. It's just dangerously close to an open mic.
0: No, it's not. I, I press this like that, and see, it goes like that. I, it's okay. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Unless, shh, 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 the CIA, unless the CIA decides to mess with my button, they could, because they could be listening sure. right now. Yeah, be careful. Have you, by the way, make sure you tell... It's just the daily thing Make sure you tell All intel agencies Spying on you Through your little devil Which is your phone Make sure you tell them Where to go daily Puts a smile on yours And everyone else's face <sighs> I feel more American After I do it yeah. I feel more I feel like that Going through the years Going all the way I feel like that kindred The kindred spiritedness With the founders yeah. I feel it Feel it Don't you feel it? Yeah. Mm. And see, what's great is that you, you, this is the amazing thing about the United States of America, because you can, you can immigrate here. And then when you start, you know, you know, being real independent and telling intelligence agencies through the little devil that is your phone where to go. You also suddenly feel that kindred spiritedness with like the sons of liberty and everybody. I mean, it's see, that's how it works. Mm hmm. It's magical. USA, Woo! USA. Magical. All right. I have like a million things to get into here. Uh, where do I want to? Oh, man. Okay. So here's the other. Check this out. You see, I saw some of the local media in Philly were freaking out over this. So Philadelphia, a Philadelphia gas station. He hired security guards that had uh, just regular semi-automatic rifles. To protect his store Because it kept getting ransacked The guy's name is Neil Patel He hired private security They had all kinds of break-ins and thefts At his property They stole his ATM machine Like his whole ATM machine hey. That's a big I, I mean that's Come on man that's, You gotta have some brass to do that That means that you're not afraid of deterrence. I don't even know what goes into stealing an entire ATM machine, but this happened. So he said, he told the local press, look, criminals are forcing us to hire high-level security. I mean, what else are you going to do? And the security chief said that his, ar- his team are armed and trained to protect customers' property, and that's what they're doing. One of the local residents says that she supported the owner. In fact, a lot of them were saying they support the owner, and that you know that they they, they want to be able to get gas because this is one of the only places that they can go. They can pick up you know some sundries, get gas, and and they, she doesn't want to have to worry. As a woman, she doesn't want to have to worry. I get that. And oh man, my favorite thing were all the people on the left trying to dress down because most of the security, and because I know this is important to the left, they're minorities, so the left found themselves in a bit of a pickle. There because they were trying to I guess assess the level of training from photos the left who doesn't even know the, a gun from the hole in the ground it was kind of interesting to re- i mean they're they're walking around they're just they're they're responsibly carrying. they're able they're allowed to do so and they were providing protection to this business because you know the politicians apparently the deterrence aren't enough and there was only one person that they said that he didn't like the idea of kids going by guards who were armed to the teeth oh i guess you would like the criminals who are illegally armed and are stealing things like ATMs and stuff, right? You would prefer that. Shut up. Get, no. But he said that he fears for the safety of his employees. Man, I get that. And they're all just, you know, they're all, I feel, someone, local media was asking, well, how do you feel about this? Oh, that'd be the first place i go to get gas. I'd feel so safe. I'd feel so safe. Heck yeah. I'd be getting gas and then I'd go inside and get, you know, get me like a soda or something. Maybe get, you know, like a little little snack. Ooh, you know what? You know what gas stations have that grocery stores don't have? Quick sidebar. You can keep, if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show on Facebook or YouTube or the first, keep that going because this is the security outside that gas station that Juan's playing. Kane, the only place that you can get them big, giant fudge rounds is at gas stations. Oh, that's true. You cannot get get the big, big y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like a little Debbie mystery. It was they're like huge. the Star
1: Crunch, but bigger, but no, no crunchies.
0: Oh, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Angels make them, and then they just beam them down to earth, and they only send the big ones at the gas stations. That's the only place you can get them. Oh, my gosh, they're so unhealthy. But they're so good. That's the only place where you can get them. So, I'd, yeah, I'd be going to get my gas. I'd be filling the tank, go inside. I'd get a sodi, get me one of them giant fudge rounds. We'd be set. I'd be going. This is where I'd be going to get my gas. And finish. I'd even
1: strike up a conversation with security on the yeah. type of armament they've got and everything else. Cause yeah. it looks kind of cool.
0: Yeah. They're out there. They're cold. You know, the one or they look pretty, they're kitted out. So, but yeah, I'd feel super safe out there. I mean, especially knowing that, I mean, you could get robbed mugged or worse. Good heavens. Think about this. Walmart is actually, Walmart, Walmart is considering closing stores and hiking prices because shoplifting has gotten so bad. Their CEO was on CNBC yesterday, Doug McMillan. He said, his direct quote was, shoplifting is higher than what it has historically been. And when he was asked, what, is, what do you think the cause of this is? He was saying, well, there's a lax approach from prosecutors handling these cases. He's like, we've got, he said, we got safety measures, we got security measures uh, that we put in place. He said, quote, I think local law enforcement being staffed and being a good partner is part of, that equa- uh, part of that equation. That's normally how we approach it. But he also hit the politics of it because he was saying that, you know, there's, there's no repercussions. Now, now Kim brings up the whole self-checkout lane. Do you really think the self-checkout lane is contributing that much to it?
1: No, well, I think that's an avenue for shoplifting to happen. Because
0: don't they watch you real well? I always feel like I hate the... They're
1: supposed to.
0: I hate the the checkout line because I always argue with that stupid machine. Right. It's like, put the item in the basket. It's in the basket. Put the item in the basket.
1: (laughs) That part I hate. Put the
0: item in the basket. Yeah,
1: they think that you don't know what you're doing and and it just keeps repeating commands. Put the
0: item in the basket, game.
1: Exactly. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. but i think that they don't look at so you know how people put the kool-aid packet underneath the big box that they're buying of something else and it scans the kool-aid mm-hmm. packet but that's you know 14 wait is cents that a trick whatever.
0: people do yeah
1: are you kidding me they take really? other barcodes from cheaper items and scan it in front of those people so they think that they're scanning that item and they're walking out that way but my point is shoplifting was answered by walmart and the rest of these companies by implementing self-checkout in other words less employees therefore the money they were losing through shoplifting they were making up by having fewer employees in self-checkout but the self-checkout is an avenue for shoplifting so it only exacerbated the problem and now they're going to have to raise prices and shut down stores at this rate, i didn't know
0: people did rate. that with the barcode man you i didn't? don't think like a criminal
1: I hope I didn't give anybody ideas. Though.
0: No, you totally did. I never knew that you could do that.
1: Well, you're not supposed to do that.
0: Well, I know that, but That's I mean, stealing. I'm not saying that you can. But I didn't know that that you know oh, people did that. Please, like you a Kool Aid packet?
1: Show me any system, and I'll show you people who can, you know.
0: Dang, Kane. Game that system. Dang, Kane's like I'll show you. I mean, I know all the tricks, but I'll show you people who can game them. <laughs> I game
1: don't the do system. that. I'm not saying I do that, and I haven't done that. I'm just saying that people you. have done it.
0: I just don't like going done. through those things because it's like I, I feel, you know, I'm going to be real with you. If have, if you have ever been friends, like when I was in school, I know we got to get moving. I was friends with someone who bagged groceries, you know, um, and they were very, never, ever run errands with these people. Because when you go and you're putting, they are the most judgmental people when it comes to putting stuff in the bag. They're like, you're doing it wrong. It's like, it's like playing Tetris with a, a world champion Tetris player. And. I feel judged. I feel like if I'm putting something in the bag, someone's going, mm-hmm, you knew she was going to put that Just in there don't like that. Just put bread
1: or eggs in the bottom. That's all. No, That's
0: all I don't do, do that, but I'm like, wait a minute, what, do I put the bread on the you eggs? Put, like, what's happening don't here? Put your soap and then I kind of look up, and I feel like everybody, can't, Steve's telling us to shut up about this I and know. that we need to go. All right, we're fine. We're going to go. We're going to go, Steve.
1: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So according to the Military Times, the Navy is lowering their entrance exam requirements so that they can get more recruits. Yeah, I'm sure it's the uh, it's the toughness of the entrance exam and not the previous forced vaccine mandate and all the wokery. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that was it. <clears throat> Anyway, they're, yeah, they're, it's the AFQT to determine whether or not they're qualified to serve and then the ASVAB, so we'll see, yeah. But they did, just FYI in case you missed it, they did remove, in the NDAA, they did remove the military requirement according to the House Judiciary Committee, so we're just waiting for that to all be made official, so that is that is good news. Uh, also, Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City, legendary club, is closing after 40 years for, i know right there are a lot of people so sad about that it's, uh, uh on january 1st city's premier comedy venue it's been that way for 40 years closes its door for good uh the owner caroline hirsch told the new york post sh- she did not renew the lease and new year's eve is the last night and they said it's uh it's been tough because of the lockdown and everything else and yeah it can only imagine yeah thanks lockdown and uh we got a lot more on the way stick with us we got wokery coming
1: Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others.
0: The Dana Show. At what point can someone say, I'm an artist and not really be one? My question really is, what is art? I mean, obviously, I'm oh, not boy. disparaging your art form. Right. I had a wedding website. I understand it. It's a whole thing. Okay, can I pause? Um, I, I, know I know there's of this. I just got to pause it for a minute. Well, first off, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. Your sweet little curmudgeon. Bottom of the third hour. What the hell is up with the wedding websites? When is when did that be a thing? I don't know. Not sure. When did that become a thing?
1: I think and this is I'm just going by memory here. I think it happened when certain weddings were offered the website for free as part of this wedding package with these companies. And now it's starting to catch on the idea of a website.
0: How many things do you need? I'm all for celebrating unions but i think some of the stuff goes so over the top here's our wedding website it's a, why 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 okay i'm sorry she had a, a point that wasn't that but i just am shocked at how many people had this like was i just very simple i don't know we just were like we're gonna get married okay here's our wedding we didn't do all that stuff go ahead all right finish it finish it. i know There's you're more. an artist but what is to distinguish you from somebody saying well you know what look my macaroni and cheese in this restaurant is a work of art. This pie is a work of art. The way that I sell, have make my clothing in this boutique works of art. So you know what? I don't want somebody in How's here who's gay, who's black, who's Jewish, who's disabled. What is the line that distinguishes, say, you from the artist that somebody could, under the auspices of saying they're an artiste, do the same thing? This is you one, one of the stupidest, things? most reductive... Uh, I think interpretations of this whole thing that I have heard. And this woman is apparently like an attorney. She's a legal analyst for CNN. You need to get your money back for your degree. Holy. Wow. Okay. So here's the difference between your stupid Mac and cheese analogy. It's, are, are you doing a customized Mac and cheese that affirms? How does Mac and cheese affirm something that violates your faith? I mean, do you even understand what those words mean? Are we just handing out legal degrees, like legal statuses now? Like, seriously? Just, you're a lawyer. Holy wow. I hope no one hires her for an attorney because you would be, you, man, you'd be bent over a barrel by your opposition. That's, I'm embarrassed for her. That's embarrassing. How does mac and cheese, making macaroni and cheese, affirm someone's, or, 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 Or uh, Denies their belief What The difference is that Whether it is a website And it's not a discussion Of art I don't know where that comes in That's a Stromian argument It's not a discussion of art What is or isn't art I don't know where she gets that Where did that come up I mean it's a discussion Of expression And also You could add it's also An issue of association. But more so it is an issue of expression. The right of free expression. And so in these cases where it has to do with the website lady that we talked about or whether it's making a cake. The issue wasn't whether or not you were going to sell someone a cake. That was never at issue with Jack Phillips. In fact anyone who's ever paid attention to the arguments of that case at all. It was never an issue of whether or not he was going to sell a cake. That was not what was being contested. What was being contested was if he would himself make a custom cake. Just like the website lady, it was never an issue as to whether or not a website would be provided. The issue was whether the website creator was going to go above, so it would be a higher price point even, above the standard template. And custom create something using her expression. Now you would think if someone is going to go and pose as a legal analyst on CNN. And it's a, no wonder. they've Instead of just cutting all their contributors. They should have just fired this woman. Because that's embarrassing. Like YouTube comment level analysis. They should have saved themselves money by doing that. The question was always Custom. And so either it's stupidity and ignorance of the case or maliciousness in failing to fairly articulate what is actually being contested here. It's one of the two. So, I mean, to save face, you might as well just claim maliciousness. But that's that's the only thing that's ever been contested. I because mean, Jack Phillips has even said it even came up and that was the thing that they actually had to acknowledge wasn't what uh, uh, wasn't being contested. He would sell a cake to a same sex couple. He was not going to accept a commission to custom create writing congratulations or whatever on a cake affirming a decision that violated his faith. And people have the right to do that. That's part of his Christian faith. Now, for someone to try to compare this with racism, racism is a sin in the Bible. It is a moral failing in which you are determining that you are better than God to judge someone for something that they cannot control. So that is a poor analogy, it's not, it's not even a I can't even say it's a poor analogy It's just not even an analogy It's just stupid So these people really have no defense here Ultimately what they want to do Is to persecute Christians That's what this is about Only The persecution of people of faith Now if it's not Then tell me Why in Virginia That restaurant What is it called? The Metzger Butchery, Metzger Bakery and Butcher, Butcher and Bakery, whatever, Bar Bar and Butchery, thank you, why they were allowed to discriminate against a group of Christians. And two hours before the event, they canceled the event, citing specifically the faith of the group that had made the reservation. I just, I don't see the same type of attention paid to this because it's about the persecution of people of faith. Now, furthermore, that bar or whatever is owned by a woman named Brittany Anderson. She co-owns the restaurant and she is on Top Chef and Chopped. So, I mean, a restaurants can. I think they, they they canceled at the last minute just to purposefully be ignorant because you can't t- you can't tell me that they just didn't look up what was it the Family Foundation? It's a Christian group, and as I told Kane earlier, if I'm not saying this as a way to be mean, um, but it is a group that's not even. I mean, they're kind of they're just they're milk toast. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that... I'm, I'm saying that as a way to... They are... They're not an activist. They're not an activist group. Exactly. They're they're just really... They're not an activist group. Um, they... I mean, it's a group that... Um, they're just a... It's a socially... Uh, they're a conservative Christian group. And they focus on biblical principles. That's it. That's all they do. I mean... Now, how dare you? How dare you focus on families? That's all they do. There are other groups that are so much louder than them, and they just, you know, they are, that's what they support. And notice that it was the Metzger Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia, that decided that they were the ones who were too narrow-minded to be accepting of other people's beliefs. See, they, people on the left like this have convinced themselves that the world isn't big enough for any kind of dissent or any kind of other opinion. Everything that is not what they want is hate. And people like, you know, this group, they don't form their positions out of hatred. That's not what this, and, and I really think it's narrow-minded for people to assume that. I think it's a, it's a, it's a horrible ignorance of faith and you owe it to yourself i think to understand where people are coming from before deciding that what they're what you know that they're oh they're doing this because of hate they're, that's not at all but that this restaurant though they said that they were just unsafe by the presence of a different opinion and they were uncomfortable by the presence of a different opinion did you, were, were they afraid that someone was going to like witness to them if when they poured tea i don't understand so they said that they, it was the, they canceled it at the last minute on purpose, I think, on purpose. But they canceled it at the last minute. They were able to relocate it to a different place. But, you know, the I don't see anybody on CNN or MSNBC throwing their hands up in the air over this. Yeah. Bake the cake, bigots. That's what we've been told this entire time, have we not? Yeah. Bake the cake. Nobody's been saying anything about that. Hmm. Now, I um, the response. I, this is what I think was interesting because I was re- I was reading an interview. Victoria Cobb is the president of that group, and she wrote a post. And I don't know if I, I if I totally agree with this. She said that the discrimination against her group was similar to the discrimination against black customers in eateries. I don't. Just as I don't think that that flies on when the left tries to, I don't think that that flies on the right either.
1: They're trying to conflate religious liberty with racism. And well, no,
0: that's what Cobb was saying in defense of her group.
1: Right. I think that it's just meant to confuse people and to, it's just about division. It's all it ever is about.
0: I just, I, I can people just say, you know what? If, if people want to be anti-Christian bigots, can they just say that they're anti-Christian bigots without trying to bring everybody else of race into it? I mean, you know. It's like I'm, I'm watching all these, you know, these these white uh, progressive racists slide down a hill, grabbing whatever weak read they can to try to save themselves. This is not going to fly. This is not going to fly. So the owner later, because the decision there were a lot of people, they apparently they've remember the redhead thing after Sarah Huckabee Sanders, there were people who protested that. I, I also didn't hear a lot from and that had nothing to really to do with faith that just had to do that. They hated her politics. And they literally ran them out of the restaurant. And the owner said that her staff members were gay and they were hurt because of her position. Get over it. And why is it that you have to be accommodated and no one else must be? It doesn't it didn't bother her that any of the staff were gay, clearly, because she's eating at the establishment. So clearly the issue is not with her. The issue is with you being a bigot. It just the whole thing is goofy. I still cannot believe the whole website thing. I'm still trying to get over that. So there's no that you you get so mad because someone won't make you a website that you're going to go to the Supreme Court. You wanted a custom website. You didn't want that's the thing that everybody overlooks. They didn't want just a template website. They wanted the business owner. They tried to get these business owners specifically. They want custom work. And what Democrats are arguing is that you cannot be free and involved in commerce. That sounds like indentured servitude. Yes. So you're telling me that you cannot be free in your speech or your practice of religion? The free practice of religion was not meant to, oh, well, you're just, as long as you only practice on Sundays and in the privacy of your home. That's not what that means. And that's not how people of faith are called to live their faith either. Hmm, tell you what, these people, it's um just... Uh, pretty unbelievable one last thing Jennifer Lawrence is claiming that no one ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie before she starred in the Hunger Games in 2012 Kane Jennifer Lawrence is so special and self-obsessed she says she was the first ever woman I'm not making this up this is what she told Variety Variety quoted her no one had ever played As no one, she'd never been the lead. No one, no woman was ever the lead of an action movie before her. Not making this up. I know Sigourney Weaver. Someone tell her, someone tell Ripley, you didn't exist. Someone tell Angelina Jolie, you didn't exist in any of the action films you were in. Or Mila Jojovic in Resident Evil. I mean, we can go on. There was a lot. I mean, don't even make me miss Linda Hamilton in Terminator. The Queen Bee. She and Sigourney Weaver, the Queen Bees. No, this chick in her Hunger Games, is she saying this because her body of work is not entirely oppre- impressive? I mean, Uma Thurman was in Kill Bill. Hi. Right. That was a whole movie of, of kick-ass female action stars. They all had leads in that. Seriously? But the Hunger Games, though. Yeah. No one had this lead until May. Oh, my gosh. Just so insufferable. I, um, and she, that's what she, and that's what she told them. That's what she actually told Variety. The funny thing is, is that there are some leftist film critics that are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're actually kind of weighing in here. It's kind of interesting. Gosh, I can't, uh, she's turned out insufferable, hasn't she? Yeah. Charlie's Angels. Juan's right. Charlie's Angels. You had three leads. G.I.
1: Jane with Demi Moore.
0: Exactly. Thank you. And they were all, I mean, they were fantastic actresses. So lame. Like, why do you have to why do you have to sit here and discount the work of better people before you? And you know what? You know why they're still popular? Because they don't bitch and moan about politics nonstop the way she does now. It is. It's just tiring. I just roll my eyes. Great. You can read daily costs. Oh, that's great. And then you just like parrot all the stuff that's on there for the the landing page.
1: Listen to the Dana show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Little coasters down in Mexico part of also a great soundtrack to one of my favorite movies ever made which was death proof by quentin tarantino had an amazing cast kurt russell rose mcgowan zoe bell uh amazing cast and an amazing i mean they had some killer stunts in this uh really awesome stunts in this in fact zoe bell was on uh she played a stunt woman. She played herself. Zoe Bell's a stunt woman. And they were trying to, they wanted a test drive. They were looking to test drive a 1970 Dodge Challenger. And it was from the film Vanishing Point. They were obsessed with this. A 1971 film Vanishing Point. And Zoe Bell, it was like apparently like a one-shot thing. And like a one car- and she was on the hood of this Challenger. And, uh, oh, it's such a great film. But the entire cast of that, to Jennifer Lawrence's point that no one was ever cast as a female lead in an action film before her in Hunger Games, that entire cast, that movie came out in 2007. Every single one of those women could do better stunts than Jennifer Lawrence with her monkey J. Beep, 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 whatever that is. Today in Stupidity Kane.
1: All right. Brian Deese, who was, uh, you know, advising Biden, and I think he's quit, right? He's going to be exiting here soon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he says, we need to rapidly hit our climate goals. Listen. I'll tell you what our our view is, which is we need to rapidly hit our climate goals, including a 50% reduction in emissions by 2030. As you do that, you still see a reliance and you still see a maintenance, for example, of of oil in the energy mix. Yeah, that just
0: made us all dumber for hearing it. Make sure to tell your phone, the intelligence agencies, what you think of them. (laughs) on your phone do it three times a day it's good for the soul folks that does it for us tonight sign up at substack chapter and verse find us on youtube facebook like and subscribe back with you tomorrow have a great night